it going? Welcome to I Hate Your Music. Yeah. Introed by Katy Perry. Ooh. I just re-listened to this album last night. Not even re-listened. I just listened to this album kind of for the first this time last teenage, night. Teenage, uh, or... There's one before that. Oh, the one before that. Um, teenage Dream was like her thriller. Yeah, Teenage Dream. I mean, I think Teenage Dream matched Thriller with... Uh, right. Number, holds the records for number one hits on an album. Yeah, that album is stacked, but I really liked... Um, what's it called? Let's see. Let's see what that first album is called. One of the boys. Uh, people people give Katy Perry guff. Sure. Because uh, there's like, I, I think there's people who are a lot more into Taylor Swift. Right. And a lot more, like like the fandom of like like Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift and the people around, are, don't vape on air. Why it's, not, bro? Because it sounds gross. Okay, I'll, I'll. This is the thing. Like vaping sounds gross. No one. It's it's a new thing, so no one really like acknowledges it yet. But like, <sighs> like it's fucking gross. You think it's gross? Yeah. When people like talk with the vape in their th- in their throat, it sounds disgusting. I don't think. It sounds that different. I guess it kind of does. It does sound different. And that's the thing. It's like people people who vape are like, it doesn't sound different. It does. And it sounds like gross. It sounds like, I don't know, you're talking with like just phlegm in your mouth. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it, it bugs me. It's a pet peeve. Well, we're going to be arguing all day today. Yeah, this one, this one's, uh, uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, um, electricity in the air. Uh, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I drank coffee for the first time in a long time, so I'm grumpy. You told me the other day you don't like this album very much, or that you don't <laughs> love this album, and that is insane to me. I don't. I don't. I'm. I might not even like this album. Yeah, that's insane to me. <laughs> that's that's crazy. All right. Also, the stance that like, oh, you have to like, like the name of the podcast. I understand is, that. I hate your music. But and my- that's like this experiment. But also like if any of these albums, like if I played like the fucking white album and you're like, meh, I'd be like, all right, you just don't like the Beatles. Fine. You're a different person. I wouldn't be like, I can't believe it. Well then what? And what's the point what? of the podcast? I think, I think we need to have True. some adversarial True. They yeah. can't, no, no one, I, I agree. I agree. No one wants I to like listen that. to us go like, hmm. Well, I like to it. each their own. <laughs> I, in the same way, I think no one wants to listen to us both be like, hey, I, I love this. I love this too. Yeah, we love this. Yeah. And then we just. But start we'll, we'll get to it in the second half. But your your reasoning that you told me in uh, in passing made me roll my eyes so hard. I, I f- even forget my reasoning. You were like, there's just other things that I'd rather listen to that already sound like it. Oh, no. that It's it's not even that. I mean, that's not even like... Like, it, it's basically... What I was saying was that, like, the, the, the things... The reasons that I would like it, there's other reasons that make me not like it that other bands don't do. Sure. And, yeah. Um, so why don't you explain yeah. what this podcast is to All right. the yeah. listeners at home? It's two 
used to be friends uh <laughs> who uh we suggest albums to each other every uh, uh every week we uh kind of swap off what we do is we uh we each suggest an album to each other and then based off of the album that we've listened to last week we suggest a new album so it's this rolling thing did that make sense it does make sense all right yeah and i generally enjoy most of the albums sam picks and sam tends to not love them that much the ones that i pick for him i get excited like i get excited to to like oh i've seen this band name so much and and oh this is this will be fun to listen to this band and then i and i put it on and i'm like this is it that that's a lot and yeah and uh i'm not listening to the strokes there too what don't they have a song that's like this is it I don't know. This is it. Yeah, isn't that no, maybe it's a Michael Jackson? Oh no, song. the Strokes. Their their first album's called "This Is It." Oh the yeah, title track so, is yeah. called "This Is It." So my pun was perfect, which I think is a pretty good song. Uh, one of the yeah, one of the few songs by the Strokes that isn't totally um um yeah. So uh, last uh, last month or last week, we listened to. Uh, I suggested to Michael to listen to Roxy Music, Roxy Music, mm-hmm. and he recommended to me Broken Social Scene. Broken. Off of Roxy Music, correct. Off of Roxy and Music. And the album's called You Forgotten People. And Michael uh, suggested to me Daughters, um, what's that album called? You Won't Get What You Want. You Won't Get What You Want. Which was a very moody, dark album, and I suggested to him uh, Portishead Third. Uh, and yeah, let me. Uh, I know that that uh, we're starting with Portishead, or we're starting with. We'll start with Portishead. All right, yeah. Uh, so um, let me uh, start off with why I connected the two. Is I mean, like I think first and foremost when I heard daughters i was like this is really good nighttime driving music this is really good like driving in a city in the rain at night music and i think that portishead third is a really great nighttime driving that that album it's this this uh I think it was like 10 years or something since their last album that they came out with and had a very 11 11 had a very different sound uh and yeah for me uh and the and one of the things that i was like oh i think michael like this album is i know that he likes uh that like 2000 era radiohead and for me uh which i also like that era and I think it kind of, for, for me, it dropped off after that. And when I heard this album, one of the, the things I thought was, this is what I wish Radiohead, I wish Radiohead went more in this direction. Uh, you, are you talking about after In Rainbows? Like In Rainbows was when you think they dropped off? Like, really for me, Amnesiac, but yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't like In Rainbows? I'm not really big In Rainbows. Hmm. Um... So that's just me, but like, but I wish they went in more of the direction of Portishead. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because there's a couple moments on this album that I think feel like in Rainbow's tunes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
And there are tunes on In Rainbows that I like. So give uh, us a little but... give us a little background on Portishead. I listened I bought the vinyl for their self-titled album, the second album. And uh would throw it on when I was smoking weed sometimes, <laughs> you know. Blazing it up. Um and I think it's like I always thought they were like cool, kind of moody. I think it is good driving music and stuff, but I read a review of Third, and I think it's like even in like the Apple Music description where they had kind of gotten fed up with, I guess they were like the pioneers of trip hop, and then everyone else who kind of came out in the genre were just like kind of copying their sound. But to me, Porter's Head is like the only trip hop act i've ever listened to some people say gorillas are trip hop but i don't really think that's like kind of maybe their first album that's such a that's such a lame uh music genre name trip hop yeah yeah like it's like vaporwave yeah or cloud rap you just look like you dress awful if you're like yeah i'm in a trip hop band right so what i wanted to ask you was was like because you're so old (laughs) (laughs) is <laughs> <laughs> i'm 84 so um, 84 was, years young <laughs> was like because for me dubstep when i was in my former like that was like the exciting genre that like everybody was like you listening to dubstep oh like, i remember when dubstep came out and like people were like that and i was like yeah this is this is dumb and it's gonna last a summer right uh, Did, was trip hop the same way Did, no i mean like you wouldn't even really no trip hop unless you were like a music connoisseur i would say uh i mean i think they came out in a time that like like everything that was electronic was basically being called techno sure um yeah i i remember uh one of the on off their first album dummy uh, one of their songs was a buzz clip, which I don't even know if you know what that is. MTV used to do this thing called buzz clips, and they would basically have a a, a minute long commercial where they would play like. Did you watch those on the Nickelodeons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the the yeah. Uh, at the Penny Arcade, and we would put a, a nickel in, and uh, uh, the pictures would move like magic Mm. yeah uh but yeah mtv had these buzz clips and uh they were like it would be like like um just like a five second clip or a 10 second clip and i remember it was like that's like the first time i heard bush was on a buzz clip and uh they had like that like everything's it everything's it i don't think so and like uh but also it would be like and it would just be like bush and then it would be like, uh, I remember it was like us three, bip, 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 bop, funky, funky. Uh, so they were like vines, but on TV. Vines of music on of music videos on TV, and um, yeah, uh, I in in my memory for some reason I have seared like they were they'd be like Portishead, and it would be like because nobody loves me. And as a teenager, I was like, oh, depressing. What song was that? Was that um, that box song? Glory box? Glory so, hole? Uh, wait, let, me, let me figure this out. Sour Times, maybe? Maybe not. Uh, they, they, it sounds like spy music. Uh, 
I think a lot of their music sounds like spy music. Like, not only is this music that spies listen to, like, they might be spies. Yeah, something... So, Massive Attack's a big trip-hop act, right? Sure. I don't... Yeah. Right? I'm, not, I'm not that... Like, I don't... I'm not that versed in Massive Attack, but... Um, or or trip-hop in yeah. general. But it was just interesting because it sounds like a lot of these... There's one song on this album that sounds like a Massive Attack song, but I was wondering, is, like, Massive Attack to Portishead what Muse is to Radiohead maybe Coldplay to U2 was it Dummy or is this the I've always wondered some people pronounce it Portishead oh yeah Sour Times very Baroque the eagle flies at midnight right the Concord jet is purple. Ah. Yeah. So that just happened. Um, but yeah, they were, and then uh, they were really big. Uh, they were really big in college in the early 2000s. Like everyone would throw on a Portishead album to mellow out and smoke weed too. Nice. Uh,. And that's like, I think that's like what you do in college is like you listen to music that isn't fun, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, like, cause you're, you take yourself so seriously and you're like, this, this is, it's something. And you're always looking for that, like that new thing. That, yeah. We yeah. just listen to dubstep in college. <laughs> we listen to a lot. I was thinking about that. Yeah. You know what dubstep? What, what I saw the like inherent problem with dubstep. Sure. Uh, and and this happens in music, and you'll see this is like, uh, and this happened with like with like that like '90s, you know, like techno. And sorry, I can't like break it down even further than that. Like to like uh, it's drum and bass or house music, but uh, there's like sometimes a style of music gets very popular, and the style is based so much on on the the simple structure of it sure uh that it becomes easily uh it becomes easy to make basically right and so then all of a sudden you have a ton of it but n like the there's no real quality to it there, there might be like someone who's like great at it but the stuff like your mother wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the person who's great at it and the person who's the worst at it. Sure. I mean, I think with dubstep, when I when dubstep first like screamed onto the scene, it was more of like the UK dubstep, which I think still ha is like good music and is a little bit more nuanced and it's not as like all about the drop, as they say, yeah. which I think is probably what most people know as dubstep is like. Skrillex and stuff and all that. And I actually think in terms of like who you think the best, like the best American bro step dude is Skrillex. Like people hate on him, but like he may came up with a lot of cool sounds. But the problem with is exactly what you said, where like he'd come up with a really cool, like way to flip a sample or like, just like create this sound that sounds like a dog, like being put through a meat grinder. And then, 
three months later, everybody else is like making using that sound. So now he has to come up with a new sound. So like something that's innovative and cool one month, like literally three months later, it's like, oh, everybody's using this sound. Yeah. And it's like. That's more of a Danger Mouse guy. Or not Danger Mouse, uh, Dead Mouse guy. De- he's not. He's more of like um, trance music. Yeah, but he had some dubstep tracks. Kind of. He had like Raise Your Weapon. I, if you like. Raise Your Weapon's a cool song. Yeah. Like, I think that's a cool track. Um, and that was mostly him kind of his reaction to dubstep being like, um, just him being like, this is so easy. <laughs> yeah, I can do yeah, it, yeah. too. Um, I saw Dead Mouse at the Marquee Theater in Phoenix like a year before he was like playing stadiums and it was really cool. Um, I think his first album, Random Album Time. I mean, I, it's cool. You like Dead Mouse. I was gonna suggest a Dead Mouse album, uh, yeah. but if you don't, if you already listen to him, then I don't like. I'm not like, um, you know. I know I've like listened to like Razor Weapon and a few other tracks, but I'm not like super in. I couldn't name an album. His first album's really good. Random, random al- album title is like just a cool smoke weed. You know, relax and drive. It's good studying and writing music too. That's cool. And it's funny, like, the thing, and I also, the thing I was saying about, like, music being easily uh, uh, recla- replicable. Ugh, I can't, why can't I say that? Uh, replicable. I think it's replicated. Replicated, yeah. Uh, easily replicated, uh, yeah, because it wasn't a word. Yeah, uh, it, it isn't exclusive to electronic music where I think, like, also, like, uh, like pop punk that happened sure, too, you absolutely. Know? where it's like oh yeah. we're just gonna do a bunch of power chords and like uh we're gonna do four power chords and like a major scale together all right cool yeah and like mumble rap trap music these days oh i was just there's a genre that you like that i think is really easily replicable i don't know I, it came to me and then i lost it i'm curious um power pop no. What the fuck was it? Um Oh all that garage like like the hives and stuff. I don't like the hives. We the first episode of this podcast we listened to a hive song. Oh, we started with it because I, I... I hate to say I told you so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was like there was a hives cover band that I saw the, the night before. Uh, okay. So you and don't like them, but you went and saw a Hives cover band. Oh no, oh, I was performing. Play, you, a, I was you performing were performing a, in a Hives cover band. I wasn't in the band. I was in another band. <laughs> what were they called? The Vinny Vitti Vici's? Uh, probably. Um, but yeah, that genre of music. Okay, well, fine. But like Jet, <laughs> the Hive, Jet. Sucked. Oh yeah, Jet sucked. Jet. Uh, so we used to do this uh, karaoke night in New York, and. Uh, uh, it was like a really popular, really cool karaoke night. Uh, like there was like a total scene, like, like all these like regulars would be there. And, uh, yeah, the, the guys who ran the place were really fun and they like hosted the karaoke show and, uh, there would always be like certain songs that they would sing and everyone would go off. And one night the fucking band jet rolled in. And they performed their own song? Yes. No way. Yes, they did. Uh, Which is, like, one of the worst things you could... To be like, you know what these people are going to love? Let's give them a little treat. (laughs) Let's give them 
something that people usually pay uh, upwards to $35 for. For well, free. Well, especially New York City, that seems like the worst place. Like, if they went yeah. to, you know, Minneapolis, then I mean, they might... It might work in, like, a smaller town. Like, right. it might actually get people excited. I still think it's just as lame. Oh, of course. Um, Pitchfork's yeah. review of their... Pitchfork, love it or hate it. I read a lot of Pitchfork reviews, obviously. You can't see how I'm dressed right now, but <laughs> if you could, you'd be like He's that. wearing a Pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, their review of his second album is just a video of a baboon masturbating into its own mouth, <laughs> which, <laughs> uh, which I think is pretty funny. Nice. Um, I remember- did, the, did the review come out? <laughs> uh, yeah. What did it say? Uh, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be that bad. <laughs> I remember be- when Jet was big, I was a youngster. I was probably in middle school. And I remember hearing some older people talk about this band, like older people being like high schoolers. And they're like, like uh, their big song was playing on the radio. And someone's like, is this an old band? And this other guy goes like, nah, they just sound that way. <laughs> and like, that was like a cool thing. Like they're just, nah, that's pretty cool. But yeah, all, all those bands, Jet, The Hives, The Dude. Vines. Do you know what's funny is I really, I really have always been drawn to the opposite of that. To like when you hear an old band and you think it's a current day band. The de- I just started listening to the Dead Milkmen, and that's yeah. a band that I was like, someone recommended it yeah. to me, or I heard it on a podcast or some shit, um, and I threw on one of their albums, and it sounds like, like it sounds like good '90s pop punk. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think a lot came from that. That that's a, like such a fun band, uh, really funny, like weird, dark sense of humor. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I heard MC Five, I thought they were like current day. Yeah, and that's like 1967 was I think when Kick Out the Jams came out. They were a big um, influence on At the Drive-In. Ooh, yeah. At least their look, their haircuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, let's get into the, um, we're talking about third. Uh, so what, what were your thoughts? You know what? I wanted to hate it cause you seem to hate all the music <laughs> I give you. Um, <laughs> I, I went into this with, you know, a poor attitude just thinking, man, I'm going to rip this apart, but I genuinely enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I don't know if it's something that I think this is something we should cover in the podcast. The w- is this something I will listen to again? Probably not. There's one song I will that I really like that I'll probably throw on a whole bunch more. Uh, but the rip was my guess for that. No, oh, okay. Deep water, deep it's water. Like the little ukulele tune. I really trend. I it's kind of like an interlude, but I just really like that song. Do you know what track really reminded me of Daughters? The opener? No. Uh, Machine Gun. Machine Gun. That's Which interesting. I think it's a great track. Here, yeah. Let's listen to a second of Machine Gun. Sure. Just the, the intro is really good. Yeah. 
and it builds off of that um yeah so like i like with daughters a lot of the tracks i found very similar in their their bones to that where it's like let's like have this like like odd kind of uh electronic-y sounding feels like like this like almost like blast drum bass kind of thing and let's have that loop and we'll build off of that in this way that doesn't make sense at first but as you move through the song you it it builds and it makes sense and there's this great moment where the the organs come in it almost sounds like the fucking like robocop theme in a way where the keyboard comes in and you're like oh now this now i'm listening to a song right where like in the beginning it sounds like a little bit more like random noise yeah, I dug uh, I dug that song. I, I think, and if that was that, is that a highlight for you on for this me, album? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then uh, I, I was torn between. We'll talk about my suggestions later, but there's it, that particular song reminds me a lot of this dude. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's moments in it, especially with, like with the organ sound. Did you ever listen to Justice? The ba- oh yeah, Justice like. Uh, uh, D-A-N-C-E. Yeah, their first album, Cross, is really good. Um, and kind of, for me, was like my introduction to like electronic music and stuff like that. Um, but then if you like kind of like the industrial kind of clunky uh, sounds about that, then there's this dude, Gasoffelstein, who puts out like a lot of really cool music. He's worked with Kanye West on Yeezus that album i didn't think he worked oh, yeah um and i think that might be a fun one but yeah i think machine i think this was the lead single off the album or the rip one of the two machine gun uh yeah they included i, I bought this on itunes and you actually got a video of this right and the lead single is kind of like i don't think it caught much airplay you know like yeah, I can see this being like the big song off it because it's like the most energetic and kind of like straightforward tune on the album. But I dug it. I, I think it was cool. I think it. A lot of the sounds on this track have like moved their way into more like EDM, quote unquote, sounds more of like the industrial kind of French EDM sound, or maybe they borrowed from there. But yeah. the moments I enjoyed more on this album were because I listened to some Porter's Head and in this, it sounds like almost a completely different band outside of hearing what's her name? Annie. What's her fuck? Uh, her, the, her vocals. The lead singer. Yeah. I mean, there's just really cool moments throughout. There's songs that sound like it's almost like a psychedelic rock album with, you know, kind of trip hoppy elements to it um and i dig the electronic drums on machine gun but for the most part this album is a lot of like acoustic rhythm sections which i think is super cool and and kind of weird that that drum while it's electronic it's not like a programmed electronic right it's drum pads yeah what do you mean? Oh, you mean it's not like done in a doll or something? It's not like yeah, they didn't like like uh, uh, draw like, it. Yeah, they didn't like map it. it out. Right. It was uh, a guy playing on yeah, uh, using actual drumsticks on drum pads. Yeah. Um. I mean, 
Do you have any other two? I've got moments in songs that I really like. So wait, what was into? the other one that you were saying? Was um, is there any time you want me to listen to? Well, let's deep water? let's let's play the let's start with the first track okay. and just like play it from the beginning. Um, just to as like a cool intro. This reminded me a lot of how the daughters' album started because it's just. Oh yeah, this is very like can. Você só ganha o que você merece. Like, it just kind of starts with this, like, droney driving rhythm, which is, like, faster than pretty much every other song they've ever put out, and kind of an intro to... And it just builds towards the end, and then I really like the complete lack of a transition into... Um, the second track, which is We Carry On. Hunter? Hunter. Okay, let's, do you want me to jump to the end of this? Yeah, yeah. That transition? Right. Last 10 seconds of the song. Yeah. Um, and then this song was pretty it was cool I like this tom drum that's ever present running throughout it but didn't really do a lot for me um, and I was just like man it's great I'm gonna hate this album I'm gonna be bored by it I'm gonna be able to yell at Sam <laughs> um, and this sounds this sounds more like their older shit than I think anything else yeah. on the album but this song takes an interesting left turn. Oh, is this? Is this it has these. Uh, oh yeah, um, I've got that time stamped actually. Like that's that's one of the things I like about this. It sounds like it's going one way, and it has these almost like these interruptions throughout right that's something that happens throughout the album that's really cool and i really like there's a lot of like dissonant noisy off-tune shit that happens throughout this album that's super fun um if you want to pop ahead to like 135 uh oh on that track yeah is when like this stuff here Yeah, I, I, it is like an interesting, like where if it was just this, I agree with you, it would be boring. It would be like anyone could write this song. But I feel like one of the things I like about this album is it has a little bit more of like a step back approach to it, where it's like the big picture of the song and not to like the moment of the song. Yeah. Next song is 
nylon smile. Um, it's which more I that kind of can feel. Yeah, I really like the rhythm section on this. Like, I don't even know or if those are drums or just like wooden blocks. They're like, yeah, it's it's really cool production. Like. Like the levels of the song, like the like the way that the the drums have that kind of muffled recording to it, but the vocals are like completely clear over it. Right. So. Uh, let's see. So the next song. This is one of. Uh, my favorite tracks and I think for me the one that I think people like respond to quickly on this album yeah this uh, was where it started to really pick up for me personally the rip and this is the one that sounds like in Rainbow's Radiohead to me I could see that yeah and it starts off kind of like it's just guitar and her singing. Yeah, it's got this nice drive to like again. It's that what happens with all these songs that that bass drum really drives each song. That it's not in yet, but it's coming. <laughs> Um, it kind of reminds me of what's her face from Fleetwood Mac. Uh, landslide from Stevie. Yeah, Hicks. yeah. There's a moment in this song, this big moment that the song is built around that feels like the moment that uh, Wizard of Oz goes to color. That's a good metaphor. It's uh, it's around the two minute mark if you want to skip ahead there. Oh, yeah, the bass drum doesn't come in till the right. But the, well, well, there's less. Yeah. The keyboard sounds so cool. Yeah. thing here where like the last note she sings they just sample throughout yeah and it has like such a cool feel when you come out on the other end of that like when they pull that away yeah because uh, it feels like like if you listen to this if I just played you this it would feel like oh this is like a normal song but I feel like that transition where they're holding that note this note 
like this feels a lot much more experimental more electronic than that last section right. of the song to me at least yeah this is a very um what do they call it? what's the sensation when you get goosebumps when you're listening to music asmr the, no. or the, it's i mean asmr i think is, the, is what induces that yeah there's like a but this is a very like goosebump giving moment and this is a cool little the lush synths on this very fun very fun um and then the next song is plastic which i didn't really have much on oh this is another one that i feel like uh has that feel of like it like all right let's like roll it interrupt it and the interruptions are like so big in this and towards the end they get so yeah like it, there's a very like 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 powerful feel to it yeah i i, I time mapped time or time stamped a little moment at the end like at the very end of the song that's super yeah. cool yeah it's just crazy that this is the same band that put out those other like it's just yeah. all their stuff so big and like like it's it's very psychedelic and like I guess that's why they call it trip hop yeah. or whatever but in a way too like it I feel like this you could make a comparison that this is like like a if the Velvet Underground made an album in 2000 in sure. 2011 oh there's a fun there's a fun like this like creaky sound in the background that runs throughout this track is super cool the like kind of like helicopter sound yeah off kilter yeah. uh, skip to um where's the moment very end here around this is the plastic it's yeah. like at the three minute mark oh this is cool Until we carry on. Okay. I love this song. This song's fucking cool. I wrote... It's like a tribal future war song. It's like... this, like... Um... Yeah, it's just like... This pounding song and... Yeah. That, uh... That keyboard really reminds me of those, like those like 90s techno songs those, oh. like, 90s club songs yeah i used to hate that 90s like blade uh 90s techno because it was so fast but the older i get the more i can kind of appreciate it it's kind of got a jefferson airplane feel yeah 
It's just like... I know, like, we were like, oh, their first album, we just sit around and smoking pot, but this is, like, such a more psychedelic album. Like, oh, right, yeah. It feels like a psychedelic rock album. Like, I mean, one of the songs on here is, like, electric guitar fucking big-ass. Um, uh, let's skip to the next one. Love this song. The song's so pretty and sad. sounds like they recorded it live like one take or yeah like yeah probably like there's uh that they edited in those bird sounds too or maybe recorded it outside i doubt they recorded that this is cool too i love this little Yeah, let's listen to the whole thing so we can hear the transition I mean, into. Yeah, we've got twenty seconds. We could. Should we? Should we listen to the whole thing or should we not? Okay, should I want to hear the transition. Should we listen? To, I mean, gun. All right, I guess there's only ten more seconds, so I guess we should just so, listen. No, nah, I don't thing. think we should right. actually. And then it goes straight into like the heaviest, yeah, like, the heaviest, darkest, crunchiest thing. song on the album. That's, I mean, going back to this song is like, this is like the most minimal heavy song. I think it's, this is, I think experiencing this song after listening to the, the rest of the album is really like rewarding yeah. for listening to the rest of the album. But like this is like the beat, like the the beat is like, and the rhythm is like the rhythm of like a metal song, like of like. A... Moving on to Magic Doors. Is that the next tune? Small. Small. Oh, this is a fun one. This is like, this is a long song. Do you have any moments from this? Um, deep into it, around the five, five, five and a half minute mark. But I don't remember what it is. I just wrote it down. Uh, maybe skip, go forward a little, go to like the f five ten. I don't know. Five and a half in. Just like the weird droning guitar. I don't know. Maybe I. This was a mistake. Oh, here. Yeah. Now this is like straight sixties psychedelic. This what's not? This is 
Small? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, small. We missed it earlier. Like, this is the song that sounds like The Doors. Yeah. Or maybe it's Magic Doors? I don't know. So at the end of the album, they're just like, fuck it, we're going to play our instruments. Right. <laughs> like, they, they recorded the whole album, and then they were like, hey, do you guys want to jam? <laughs> yeah, let's let's jam. Yeah, the last, the last three tracks are like rock tunes. That's like a real ba- electric bass. Kind of moment. This is um, Magic Doors, right? Yeah. Go to like the two minutes and 15 seconds part moment. Oh, yeah. This is one of those, like, crazy, just noisy parts that I really like on this album. What is that, a trumpet? Sounds like it. Oh, in that moment right there where, like, it goes from noisy and then it meets that piano, like, on on key. It's really cool. Yeah. That... They do that throughout the album really well, where they have they use that noise and the tension of the noise in contrast with like the the more melodic stuff. Like it's a good like tension release thing. Yeah, this is probably my third time listening to like parts of these songs, and I went from being like, "This is cool. I don't know if I'm gonna listen to it again," to being like, "Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll I like that one song." To like, I think this will. This might actually, of the four albums we've covered, this might actually enter my rotation. Oh, so I win. Yeah, yeah. I won. You won. You won this one, and then <laughs> this last one's cool and like dark and moody and kind of. Um, a pretty good closer. Okay, we haven't done that before. We've just gone through the album. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. So, we don't have to listen to everything from every track. Uh, so, the next album that Michael made me listen to right. uh, was... Um, 2002's You Forgotten People by Broken Social Scene. Broken Social Scene. Broken Social Scene is a Canadian group. So there's eight of them? Fuck. Eight albums? No, eight people in the band. I think think it's like, there might be eight right now, but it's fluctuated. I think like when this album came out, it was like 13 members. It was crazy. 
Feist was in this. Um, the woman from the lead singer of Metro. It's not so much a so Kevin Drew. I don't know too much about like the mythology of this band, but I know Kevin Drew is like the main dude figurehead, and then he kind of just borrowed folks from like the Canadian Montreal, not certain like music scene. And this was before a lot of them kind of broke big and Feist uh, is featured prominently on their second album. I don't know if she makes an appearance on this album. Um, And then the, you know, I'll look up the Wikipedia page to see some of the other folks. Start off with Capture the Flag while we're doing that. This is like a mellow, like, this is the opener. And I would say, yeah, this is more more than just a song. It's what it, like, it is like an opener. It's like an intro. Like it's. I don't think anyone would ever be like, "Hey, let's throw on capture the flag." Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think this. It's like a tone setting thing. I think this is aside from, uh, almost crimes. I think this and then the other one or anthems for a seventeen-year-old girl. Like this is like an album of that feels more like an album listening experience than just like tracks to me. Um, but yeah, uh, so broken social scene has members from metric feist stars, apostles of hustle do make say think, uh, Emily Haynes, who's the lead singer of, uh, metric. And yeah, it's kind of like this Canadian, collective musical collective uh which super group yeah i, I don't like the term super group because super super groups always just feel like yeah, i mean like if you say like it's a collective you sound like a little like you know you, you sound a little stuck up sure that's what the wikipedia <laughs> page says it says it's a musical collective yeah wikipedia is stuck up including as few as six and as many as 19 members oh um, Who gets to ride on the bus? So I'm a huge fan of this album. I think pretty much top to bottom, not a bad track. Sam, let's tell me what you hate about it. Uh, I thought that, you know, like there was things that they were doing where they were like uh, uh, kind of being a little bit more abstract, a little bit more avant-garde and for those moments I felt like they were like overproduced and felt a little bit too polished and for like the the moments where it was more trying to follow like a a more structure like traditional structure it felt like just a little bland to me I don't know Um, it is a thing where it was like I mean and I think this has happened to both of us where you know there was a lot of eye rolls the the first listen and then I got like there was some stuff I was able to like see past um track like this uh reminded me of uh um, Cigarose a little bit Sure With the vocals coming in Yeah but this feels like I think this album came out before Cigarose was like uh, Cigarose came out in the 90s Or like 
99, I think. Maybe 2000. Their first album? I think... Or probably, wait, 2001 is what I'll say. Um, well, let's look that up. Not to... I mean, I, I don't see the Ziggurat's connection. Oh, active since 94, is what they say. I guess their first big hit was... No, 97 was their first album. 2002 is when the Parentheses album came out, but the the one with the fucking fetus on the cover was 99. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, this doesn't sound like Cigarette. Like, it, I, I think. No, oh, no, the vocals when it comes in oh. feels like it. This. And that's the. And I wouldn't. That's not one of the bands that I would be like. Oh, I'd rather be listening to Cigarettes. Sure, I'd rather listen to Broken Social Scene than Cigarettes. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that. Well, we're uh, gonna fight this time. <laughs> uh, the. Uh. Yeah, I just you know like. For as much like, we're gonna do this in like a, an atypical way. They are doing things in like a really melodic, like, like. Let's make, let's like give this this polish, and it's like if I want to like a lot of the like kind of like noisier bands, like like a breakdown like this. Sure. I would much rather listen to like Sonic Youth like doing guitar distortion stuff than that where it sounds like more crude and a little bit more emotional and this just sounds like a little bit like overproduced to me I think that's like a- see that's what I like about this album I like that like well first of all I don't think I think they put out a pop album I think this is a pop album like I don't think they put out I think their intention was to put out a pop album I don't think they put out well if they put out a pop album then it's not hooky enough cause it's just there's I don't think a single one of these songs, I was like, oh, I got that song stuck in my head, man. Not I, Almost Crimes? Uh, or the 17-year-old girl? Well, I'd have to hear but yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I What I appreciate, appreciate about this album is, like, it does have these post-rock elements, but it doesn't sound like a lot of other post-rock bands where it's, like, kind of these big, beautiful builds to things but like every track is pretty noisy like there's a lot going on is that and when you say overproduced is that what you mean like there's just too much going on no no i mean for noisy stuff i like noisy stuff sure but i like noisy stuff that feels more raw and everything feels pretty channeled into like uh that like that kind of like pop structure this reminds me of uh like jay mascus stuff a little bit like a little bit like uh just like 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 dinosaur jr or like like even like like sebado kind of uh and even there i think it's like more raw like uh like that like garage production and and that's the thing is like and i think that's kind of what happened in the 2000s it's like I was a big fan when I was in high school of Pavement, and Pavement had like a really raw sound. And then when they broke up, Stephen Malcolmus made a lot of like really high production albums. Sure. And it just didn't appeal to me as much. 
Yeah, I mean, I I just think I think the production on this album is fucking awesome. I think everything's. Yeah, I mean, but like, it's awesome. It feels to me awesome in the way that like, man, that last U two album sounded awesome. Nah, I'm, we disagree there. I, I that just, the last U two album sounded awesome. I, I mean, I've never listened. I don't. No, I don't fucking. <laughs> And you also, listen to you too. My introduction to you too was Vertigo. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like it has that like. I like this little this clap moment. It like makes me dance in my car all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's got claps. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. It's got claps. Cool. It's. It like breaks up the kind of ethereal nature of the whole song and then comes in with this nice little whatever. Well, are there any moments you like on this album? I mean, let's uh, here, let's just go. I mean, like, I do like that this is like a little bit like has that Sevado kind of feel to it. Uh, this was the big hit. And I think this is a great song. I think this is a great rock tune. One of the things that turned me off a lot was a lot of the drums. I kind of was like, not into it. Uh, felt like really tight, like on rhythm drums. I think this is an example of that. And I was like, Ugh. why don't you like that? You don't like your drummers being on time? No, I mean, it just feels like anyone could, like, this feels like I could buy a. Uh, like a drum pack, like pack of drum samples, and get this exact sure drum line. This is a great hook. I think this is a great hook. I gotta grab my water so I can uh, hydrate sure. myself to yell at you. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you're yelling. I mean. <laughs> I guess it's good podcast. I, I don't know. Uh, um, and uh, if you could do me a favor and put that bat down, that'd be great. Uh, just say you like Kevin Drew. Was this saxophone while you were like, oh, Roxy Music, uh, Broken Social Scene? Um, Kind of. I mean, they use a lot of horn sections in their songs. They also open a lot of their songs with kind of the same way that they had like the Brian Eno ambient opening to tunes and stuff like that. And I just, I thought there was a lot going on in the Roxy music songs. Yeah. Like a lot of layers, a lot of instrumentation. And I think production, I mean, in my mind, the Roxy music album was a immaculately produced album. And to me, this feels the same way, but Apparently, we're, apparently it's too, the drums are too tight. <laughs> I mean, it's just it just never really surprised me at any moment. Sure. Like, there's like that kind of thing where it, there, it felt generic to me, and I'm sorry. Uh, and as I listened to it more, I, I saw like, all right, I, I, I get, get down with this, and like that sounds cool, but like. Uh, and there were different degrees of generic, but like a lot of it felt like just kind of like, all right, 
I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it, this album took me a long time for me personally to get into. Um, That's super What is this specific theme? Uh, looks just like the sun. Okay. Do you have a favorite song? Um, wait, I'm uh, uh, I mean, I think maybe 17 year old girl, yeah, uh, yeah, um, that felt like kind of like, uh, Like who is it? Like 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 blonde redhead? Like kind of yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was kind of nice. Uh, also kind of reminded me of those like Aphex Twin songs. I don't know if you listen to a lot of Aphex Twin. But I, I listen I I listen to his ambient stuff. I don't listen to a lot of his uh, glitchier shit. Did you listen to Four? Have you ever listened to that album? I think the album's called Four. Mm. Uh. Wait here. Uh, I think for me this album, and maybe maybe here, I'm gonna skip Pacific theme to, to just play this for a second. Sure. Uh, so here, let's skip one. All right, this is anthems for a seventeen-year-old girl. They they build on it, and it's uh, I think uh, some of it I would dis- actually describe as uh, it actually kind of is the interesting thing is like it's like folky electronic music. Sure, a lot of it is where it's like they're doing like the same kind of like build and like uh, play around with sound that like an electronic band would do and the way they would structure a song uh, but they're doing it just with with instruments with like uh, uh, instead of samples and keyboards uh, with like you know like banjos and more analog instruments yeah uh, so it so this is just a weird comparison that uh Uh, that really reminded me of, uh, this song. Okay, here's the moment I'm talking about. And this is why it's weird. And I realized, I, uh, just so you know, I... It took me 15 minutes to find this, and I'm yeah. cutting that out of the podcast. I played so, two rounds of. I played two rounds of a game on my phone. What's it called? Crowd City. This uh, podcast is sponsored by Crowd City. All right, so here, let's check it out. It's 
So <laughs> that's why it's weird that it's, it reminded me of that. But I was like, oh, it's like that that milk and the boobs song from <laughs> Next Twist. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that it took me so long to. <laughs> uh, but wait, like you know, let's go back to the the. Wait, right. A milkman's tits. <laughs> it would be a good mashup, right? Right. <laughs> uh, I'm not crazy. Um, all right, let's go back. Because uh, we skipped forward a song. See, this I love this song. This song's fucking awesome <laughs> oh. to me. It's it's it builds. It's got this like island vibe to it. It's really pretty at the end. This is like dun, 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 on um, Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> I you know I. Like it sounds like good elevator music. <laughs> Uh, and there's like that, like uh, very like New Ordery guitar. Yeah. And the horn section at the very like, I, it's tough to like pick at. I, th I think you're right. You know, there there aren't a lot of like surprising moments on this album, and it, there aren't a lot like everything does kind of sound samey throughout the songs and stuff. And maybe that's why you weren't super into it. Yeah, I, I mean, it might have been like oh, I was expecting like something that sounded like a little bit more daring and it like and it sounded like a lot of the stuff from this time and I was like mm, you know um and well, there's some cool stuff I mean I'm interested to hear because the, these guys sound I mean critically this is a incredibly popular album um but to me like, and I guess that doesn't fucking matter I mean, yeah but, but to me, I mean, Critically Lost was a huge hit. You don't like Lost either? <laughs> nah, I'm just, I'm just. Commercially, Lost was a huge hit, and critically. And critically, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's, there's a lot of like. I think the production is what I enjoy most about this album, and I like the like. The like the vibes on the album like i think it's just like a really pretty fun good background music that like makes you happy uh. <laughs> I, I think the only song um i think this is a fun song too i think every song on this album is good except for the next we get it you like the album the song everyone this. gets it I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast and be like, "That Sam Brown doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about." Wow, you're getting like really like defensive, and uh, I'm trying to make this podcast a little more interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, what is this causing time? Um, there's some like, 
lyrically, I mean, just thinking about the Milkman's tits thing off Apex Twin, the second half of this album, and all their albums have, like, weirdly, like, graphic sexual um, descriptions. No. Lover's Spit is, like, about, like, swallowing some guy's cum, and then the song after that, I'm Still Your... F word. I'm still your fag. It's it's a song title. Oh. I can say it. Uh, it's a great song, um, oh. and lyrically, like there's like some like kind of sh- shocking quote unquote stuff. Hey, in Michael, it. what's that song? It's like a, it's like a Jay Z Kanye song. They're in Paris. Uh, what's that <laughs> song? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're both in Paris. What is that? I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, let's skip to that one. I'm still your F word. Yeah, there's bullshit, bullshit, lover spit. All right. You don't think this sounds like just like a little bit John Mary? The song or the yeah, yeah. guitar, the finger picking? Like just like the the vibe of this, right? Yeah, a little bit John Mary, but do you not <laughs> like John Mayer either? What? Do you you hate all John Mayer? I mean, Continuum's a great album. Really? Continuum's a great album. Whoa! I think if anyone was like Sam doesn't know what, what he's talking about, two seconds ago, feels embarrassed they had that opinion right now. <laughs> they were like, I was wrong. I'm on Team Sam Wait, now. Wait, so okay, so <laughs> let's talk about this song first, and then we'll go in about why John Mayer's not awful. Uh, all right. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get the points out. I think it's a pretty song. I think lyrically, it's really interesting. It's about. I get. I think maybe it, it, it makes sense for you to like John Mayer because uh, your body is a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't under. Um, no. <sighs> Fuck! You got me all <laughs> fucked up now. You're making me John Mayer. <laughs> Uh, this song's cool. It's like about a guy who has like a, I think he's got a homosexual experience with a closeted man, and then that man gets married, and it's kind of sad. And I think it's a pretty good tune. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like this song. And then the next, the closer's kind of, um, I, I have issues with the closer. It's kind of a whimper and not a bang. It does a the references. Um, Anthem from a 17 year old girl The last song? The last song It, re- it starts out with like a uh, Like a It teases another song from the album Thrown on uh. Yeah Oh. Never caught that. It's a pretty closer. 
I like the string section, but it's mostly just this the whole time. It builds. Yeah, it makes sense. It's bookended. Yeah. Like, this is the... the patter, Pitter Patter Goes My Heart, and the first track's called Capture the Flag. Capture the Flag, Pitter Patter Goes the Heart. Synchronicity. All right, let's talk about John Mayer. Okay. So, what, what's your beef with John Mayer? Do you, you don't like pop music. You don't like pop. I sorry, like not pop even music. pop music. You don't like popular music. You don't like it, music that's popular. I like pop music. I mean, and, you know, I think I don't mind John Mayer as a person. I just. Uh, that's insane to me. That I, I don't mind him as a person. That you like his music less than you like him as a person. Uh, I mean, like, I think, you know, like for who he is, he's done like the the comedy stuff I thought was was kind of funny and I was like surprised it might be because I was like uh this guy's a douche and then uh and then thought some of his his stuff was kind of funny um but yeah I mean oh yeah well this is room for squares right this is the first album right Oh. oh man This one, this one goes out to all the daughters. Okay. <laughs> well, you're just cherry picking. It goes stuff. out to. Put on vultures on continuum. All the fathers. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dick. All right, I'll put on. What was the one you said? Put on, like, vultures or put any song off continuum. Like, okay. continuum. I'm not saying he's, like, the greatest guy in the fucking world, but he's, right. he can rock. He's got some rocking tunes. This is from Vultures? This is uh, Vultures? It's called Vultures. From, from Continue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is Vultures Aka 2. They sound completely different. All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the next one. All right, let's skip to the next one. <laughs> um, here. Uh, for real this time. All <laughs> <laughs> uh. right, here's Vultures. Fine. You know, I just think he, he's got some fun, jazzy, bluesy stuff. He knows his way around a Fender Stratocaster. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I think he's good at jamming and stuff. I think he's got great guitar tone. I don't know. Sure. He's good at guitar. That doesn't mean... You think, you, I, I do you not to... like his voice? No, I just think he's not for me. I just think he's not like... I think... But that's not what you said before. What? No, I mean, I think he's for, like, like moms who are like, I just want to hear a pleasant song and don't want to hear any, like, music that pushes anything. What's wrong with music that doesn't push anything? I mean, I think that even good pop pushes things, you know? Yeah. I think everyone in their own... In their own... Uh their own field should be trying to push things further and I just think for the most part that John Mayer doesn't try and push anything and and maybe I'm wrong maybe if I really took a deep dive into John Mayer that I would find some stuff 
stuff that I liked, but the reward, the thing that like, I can't imagine the best John Mayer song, like the best a John Mayer song could be being worth it at all for me. <laughs> worth it to listen to all that stuff that is just not for me and is for selling albums at a Starbucks. Sure. Okay. Um, I, Sam, my dad likes John Mayer, okay? <laughs> oh, Are you telling me my dad isn't cool? I guess I'm wrong. And I like a lot of music that is sure. like like kind of vh one and like he's like i will like get down with some genesis right you know uh and i think there's something interesting there but i think even in that like i think genesis was pushing things um yeah you like third Very eye blind clearly. no you don't like third eye blind. i was in a third eye blind cover band i i am not a third eye blind fan at all I mean, they did. We have, bonded over "Graduate." I like that I, song. I, I do think "Graduate" is like the the best of their songs, and uh, but I don't think another band couldn't have done it. Um, let's let's do our uh, album recommendations because I gotta I gotta wrap this up. Sure, I got places to be. Okay. Um. So, uh, do you want me to start? Or do you want to start? You go first. Okay. Uh, an album. Um, I'm not sure if you've, you've dove into these guys at all, uh, or m maybe you don't like them. Uh, and th this, this was an album I constantly found myself like putting on and like being like, this is what I would rather listen to. Uh, do you listen to Animal Collective at all? Um, kind of. Have you ever listened to Sung Tongs? No. All right. Sung Tongs. Sungtons, which is, I think is a, and mainly when I was thinking of like, I like the, like my noisy stuff to be a little bit more complicated. Sure. Uh, Sungtons was an album that when I heard, it, like, it was hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. And, um, I think it also, I think it, it connects in the fact that it is like, uh, it's less like of a lyrical push and more of like, uh, the, the lyrics that are in there are more like, pushing a sound with your voice and less about like that kind of meaning and like it feels like that like kind of electronic music but with instruments kind of thing when did it come out what when did it come out uh i would guess 2004 okay so it's one of their earlier i i've only really listened to feels by them feels uh which is like a left field album then like it's not a big one in their discography it's just that too is that the one with um, that's not the one with, uh, uh, some girls on it. No, or, that's Meriwether Post Pavilion. Um, uh, feels, is Strawberry Jam, Strawberry Jam or something like that's on that? I'll, I'll look up, I mean, it's, it might be their least listened to album. Like, anytime I bring it up to somebody who's a big Animal Collective fan, they're like, I don't, I never listen to that one. It's weird. It's really fucking weird. It's like a super weird album. Oh, it's I, on their essential albums list, though. I think I did have that did one. Did you see the words? Was the first track? Grass? Str Strawberry Jam or something like that? Is that on it or no? Flesh Canoe, The Purple Bottle, Bees, uh, Banshee Beat, Daffy Duck. Let me see. Just put on Did You See the Words? It's a great song. Uh, no, I definitely. I, I think I bought this from iTunes. Um, cool, it's this one. Um, 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Um, you like that machi- machine gun song? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two albums. One I think is a better album, but for the sake of mixing things up, um, I want I was going to recommend the Fiona Apple's latest release, which came out in like 2009, the same year. Uh, I, do you listen to Fiona Apple? Uh, no, but I, I like Fiona. I thought that, um, you know what song I really like that I think is underappreciated is shadow boxer. Great song. I feel like Criminal is the one that people go to. I'm more of a shadow boxer guy. That's probably her weakest album to me. There's just one track on that album that is so bad. Um, Extraordinary Machine. Oh, wait, no. Shadow Boxer's on title. First album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's got this track on Extraordinary Machine that's fucking miserable. Um, but listen, we, we'll, we'll come back to Fiona Apple at some point in time. Idler Wheel is one of my top favorite albums of all time but in terms of like glitchy weird um dark electronic music let's listen to Aleph by Gasafelstein Aleph by Gasafelstein god bless you Uh. um yeah not a perfect album there's some tracks I don't love but I think it'll be a fun thing to talk about so cool check that one out uh very fun um yeah uh is this going to be a complete waste of my time? Are you, are you giving me some more bullshit here? I don't know. You might hate it. You uh, might just yeah. completely hate it. It's it's very, there's like songs on it that are very like Matrix soundtracky. So <laughs> cool. we'll see. How. Actually, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, uh, cool. So this is I Hate Your, your music. music. I'm Sam Brown. I'm Michael Fartston. Did we introduce ourselves at the beginning? No, of the we should no. start doing that. Yeah, uh, that's a good podcast. This then. is going to be a slow burn on people. All right, yeah, uh, and we still haven't released it this week. I'm going to release it. So if you're listening to episode one, or if you listened to episode one when it came out, and you've made it to episode four, time has caught up to you. Right. Current events have caught up. Maybe. To us. I mean, it'll probably be. We're probably still going to be a month off, but yeah, it's fine. Cool. All right. Bye. Bye.